This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I'm Tyler Walker and you're listening to the Stacey West podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 225 of the Stacey West podcast. My name's Gary. I'm going to be your host for this evening, and if you saw my morning dog walk the other day, you'll know that I thought the eve of the season was like Christmas Eve. Yesterday, the game was like Christmas Day. We're now on Boxing Day. We're all a little bit full, and Uncle Nobhead's here to talk about football. And I haven't got Uncle Nobhead with me. I've got Chris Lamming. How are you doing? Hello. Very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. You're happy with that intro? Better, thank you, yes. Yeah, it's good. With Chris and I have just recorded a League One podcast where we had the pleasure of talking about teams who had got beaten much more comprehensively than us, um, who had been outplayed. And 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 hopefully, hopefully we feel a little bit more, more positive. So Chris and I watched the game together yesterday from somewhere like Trinidad, no doubt. Um, and we, we may as well jump straight into it. Do you know, we're, we're a little bit podcast weary to do chit chat about what have you done this week? etc 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 so we're straight in we're going in dry we're going in raw we're going in on the team selection one hour before kickoff and it was the same old story as a couple of years ago wasn't it all the talk was around the players who were not starting for Lincoln City yeah I think the bigger mission was Jaden Brown of course in that regard definitely affected our build-up from left side of defence because Sean Rowan had to fill in for him. Um, interestingly, you mentioned last week that we felt we felt quite finished in terms of recruitment, bar just the finishing touches. But if we did get a left-sided injury or a mission, that's where it can have a kind of a knock-on effect. And so it came to pass. But yes, Jaden Brown not being involved not only meant we lost his kind of attacking intent on the left side, and we had Sean Rowan who has been playing at left centre-half all pre-season and is definitely that little bit more conservative. He had to play in that left wing-back and it also meant we there then missed that natural left-footed centre-half. But let's be honest, I think the majority of the chat in that hour between two o'clock and three o'clock was all about the inclusion of Mr Tyler Walker. Um, yeah, it was. I think people looked at the... 
Cat kicks and said, three, five, two, that's what we're going to play. This is exactly what we everyone's been predicting. And all the, uh, everybody on social media was quite excited about Tyler Walker playing. What it actually came to um, the post-match interview, Mark Kennedy admitted that Tyler Walker was only 45 minutes fit. Uh, and it was the fact that Rico Hackett wasn't fit which meant that Tyler Walker started. And so we're one, you know, we're not even a game into the season and talking about key players already not quite being there, which was a little bit disappointing. Yeah, it was exciting to see Tyler start, of course. Um, but it was never a game where I thought you were going to see Tyler Walker and Ben House linking up free flow and all that sort of stuff, because we were always going to concede plenty of possession. We were always going to be looking to try and sniff out the half chances. And OK, yes, Tyler can do that. Um, but having had, what, one appearance in pre-season, um, Ethan Hamilton, by the way, starting no appearances in pre-season, it just felt, I'm not being negative here, but it just felt a little bit to me, because a lot of people were very excited, by the way, what a great starting lineup that is. I just looked at it and thought... You do all that preparation, all that kind of working on shape with the key players. Uh, and then the first game of the season comes and you've got two out. Alistair Smith left on the bench. Ted, Ted Bishop injured anyway. Again, it, yeah, I, I felt actually, I felt that the team selection was a bit of a blow rather than an exciting opportunity to see Ben House and Tyler Walker together. In hindsight, it was for me. I At the time, I have to admit, I, I saw it the other way. I was excited to buy it. Not, I, I thought at the time, before we knew that it was more injury-led, that Mr Kennedy had been a very cheeky boy after saying all pre-season that Tyler Walker is not going to be ready and then throws him in at the start um, against Bolton because we expected them to have prepped for our regular 3-4-3 shape. As it transpired, we did stay in our regular 3-4-3 shape. Ben House filled in, in the wide forward role with Danny Mondrew behind Tyler Walker. Um, for the last 15 minutes of the first half, I think we, we switched at times into that 3-5-2 shape that we touched on before, but we very much started in the regular shape. And we actually, in some regards, had kind of square pegs and round holes, which was which was disappointing in that regard. So um, from a more defensive perspective, I was quite pleased that I thought we were going to go 3-5-2 because a concern I had that would is that we'd get overloaded with their three central midfielders. I thought they, they have had really good rotations and they're difficult to pick up and that could dominate us. So when I, it seemed that we were going to play a 3-5-2 with a midfield three of Mandrew just ahead of Hamilton and Erehan, I actually felt quite comfortable from a defensive perspective that we're not going to get played through now. Um, as it transpired, all that preparation you do in pre-season and understanding systems and phases of play, not out the window, but certainly was scuppered somewhat after five minutes. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we're straight into it, so we'll talk about the goal. The one thing we were really good at last season was was defending set pieces. Now, some people may say, well, that was Carl Rushworth's handling and Regan Paul's heading ability. I disagree with that. I think Jacko and, and Paulie O'Connor were just as strong, um, but we've switched off. I mean, it's such a basic goal to concede. And you know, we've just done the League One podcast and we we're talking about Wickham conceding two goals in the first five minutes and it knocks you off your game plan. If we'd gone away to Ipswich last season and conceded in the first five minutes, it would have been a very different game. We did and we stayed resolute, got a goal and went on to win the game. That, I think, was very much the game plan yesterday. Uh, and I actually didn't... I don't think we played... Because there's a lot of criticism, by the way, about how we played yesterday from, from various quarters that I've read. And I don't think outside of those kind of key defensive moments, we did anything different than what we did away at Ipswich last week, last season or what we did away at Barnsley last season. Um, we didn't really create anything clear-cut. But you go in with that game plan 
somebody switches off. And it was interesting listening to Mark Kennedy because it seemed to suggest that it might have been Tyler Walker because mm-hmm. he actually said Tyler. Now, watching it, my thought was that it was TJ. Uh, and, and you know, I thought TJ, by the way, was very, very good yesterday. I'm really pleased to see him sort of back at right centre-half. But you switch off, you can see the goal like that against a team like Bolton Wanderers. You leave yourself a mountain to climb. Yeah, a few points to pick up there. I, I agree with you in that I don't think we played massively different than we did away at Ipswich last season, bar considering two sloppy goals. And I'm also with you that on first viewing, I thought it was TJ's potentially at fault. Actually looking at it back and also just looking at other set pieces that we did clear in, in the game, it would appear that TJ was actually zonally marking. Um, so he was kind of in that mid, middle of a six-yard area. So he wasn't actually picking up anybody. He was there to be the free the free man to, to win those free headers if, if they go into that dangerous area. I think it just so happens that in the first goal, that's ca- not far off that position is someone had a free header. So it's easy to kind of make that connection. Hang on, that TJ was kind of stood near him and he had a free header. It must have been TJ. But it, it seems that that's not our, our set-up of set pieces and, and, and that might be a little bit harsh. And I agree. I think TJ had a good game on the whole. And we can, you kind of mentioned earlier about that, not, about still being kind of quite optimistic and that this hasn't kind of put you off. And there can be that perception, certainly for people that weren't able to watch the game, that you see that we got beat 3-0 and you think, oh my God, like we got absolutely battered. We got carved open. It was chance after chance. You kind of paint that picture in your head, don't you, when you haven't got all the information. And we weren't. There's no denying that Bolton were the better time, the better team. They had a lot more of the ball. They, they progressed well through the thirds at times, but... I thought we defended our box well. We defended the central area as well, and we forced them wide regularly. And we had three v two at centre half, and we did. You know, their two strikers, in fairness, didn't have many many opportunities. I seem to remember Dion Charles um, cutting inside and curling an effort close, but apart from that, nothing, nothing too much. I think we defended really well. We just switched off uncharacteristically. I might point out um, on two two set pieces, and as soon as that second one went in, it was kind of game over, really, wasn't it? It was. And look, just kind of on the first half, still first of all, I mean, our XG was, was really, really poor. And our best effort probably came almost immediately after they'd scored, where Ben House you know, had, a, had a decent drive into the side netting. But Bolton didn't do anything. And, and I've, I'd seen Bolton fans saying, we tore you apart. We were excellent. We could do this and that at will. 0.46 XG. They had one shot on target in the first half, and it went in from a corner. So for a team loaded with talent as they are, uh, and... I expected more from them. And even when you go back to kind of the um, the Ipswich game uh, at the beat, well, not the beginning of last season, was it? It was the middle of last season. You know, Ipswich in that first half, eight shots, two on target, uh, and we had one and one. I, you know, it was exactly the same type of game. In my mind, if if you don't concede that goal, and look, I know it's ifs and buts, and I've written this already, you know, if, if, if. If we don't concede that goal at the set piece, you get to half time. that's a battle in performance at nil-nil. You've conceded the goal, so the mindset is then we've now got to go and score. But actually, we we hadn't set up. I don't think we had planned to go out and score. You talked uh, pre-game about how you know their ball playing centre halves could, could, could go into wing backs. How they've got the actual wing backs excellent at kind of getting up and down. Um, and so we had enough to do to contain them, and then trying to look for those little half chances with a half fit centre forward in Tyler Walker with a half-fit centre-forward or wide man coming on to replace Tyler Walker and Rico Hackett, we know that we need uh, a, a wide player. We know that we need a, a cover at left-back. 
all of the positions that we need and we knew we need and you're saying we'll be all right unless this happens and that happens this happened and that happened because the left back then you pull it out then you and that's what's frustrating it's frustrating because actually we went to what i consider to be one of the best sides in the league pound for pound arguably the best squad in the league because derby who i think are the other contenders are, are still building so most established and in that first half you know bolton fans can I've had a few issues with blocking quite a few of them. I can, they can say, well, they won't. as far as I was concerned, Bolton Wanderers did not look special in that first half. They looked good. They looked organised. But for the, the ability that they had on the pitch, they didn't create a lot. That's not because they were playing badly. It's because actually, aside from conceding the goal, I thought we were doing all right. And I said that at half time. I even felt at half time that we could go on and still nick a draw. Yeah, well, you and I felt the same thing at half time. You know, we were saying, okay, take the goal out of it. It's a good performance. It's only a goal. We can score from 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 a set play, particularly on the counter attack. And I think we actually started the second half really sharply and brightly. And uh, again, without creating anything that your class is clear cut, we were threatening and we were on the front foot. Yeah, there was there was enough there was enough to look at. And sometimes the the score line can can cloud judgment sometimes, and that's understandable. Um, but I think sometimes and. It's this also, I'm probably going to get shut down for this, but it's the best way to analyse a game is taking the goals out of it and look at everything else. And then that gives you a more grounded opinion of exactly where you are. We know there's, there's things we need to do. We know that we're not of the, of the quality on the ball, the Bolton are. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to have a, a positive season. It doesn't mean that it's not, you know, it's a, it's a terrible start and that the wheels are falling off. It's fine. It's one game and there's 45 more of them to go. I saw enough in the overall performance to, to know that we're going to be absolutely fine. We know what we need, but we're still more complete than, than other, other other squads are. It's just bloody bad luck that the two positions that we picked up knocks on before the game started are the two positions that we need an extra body in. You know, everywhere else yeah. we're actually pretty pretty well covered. Yeah, and look, to be fair, we talked about, you mentioned the second goal there. It's another bad one to concede. It's another one from a corner. It's another, you know, Mark Kennedy's saying there's another individual error. Somebody has uh, you know, committed a, 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 or a, an error and, and not tracked their man. So the, the, another simple goal. Frustrating because that's what we were really good at last season. And then I just thought after the second goal, it just, everything just really tailed off. Um, I felt that, I think we even commented while we were watching that, we felt like perhaps we were beaten. And I think that's where a lot of the fan frustration has come from, that actually it was after the second goal where you and I both felt, well, if we go forward and get one, we could turn this crowd quite quickly and quite easily. And we didn't seem to have the the um, ability to do that. And it, it doesn't surprise me that we didn't. It doesn't surprise me that we didn't go all out for it um, because, you know, it's you start chasing the game, suddenly you do lose 7-0 like Barnsley do. And, and I know Michael Horton and Mark Home were they're constantly saying, we don't want this to be four, we don't want this to be five. Well, no, because it wasn't a four or five game. But those young players come away from the first game of the season having been pumped 5-0. It's a hell of a lot worse than having been beaten 3-0 going, well, two of the goals were avoidable. And, you know, their best chance was turned in by one of our players. And when you look at their shots on target, they only had three shots on target in the second half and two of those went in. The other one was a Jensen save, I think, from a free kick, potentially. Yeah, good save that as well. Which was a good save. Um, but where do you stand then on the issue? Do you think, because I, I had the message this morning that potentially somebody felt there was a question mark over Lucas Jensen. I won't say who, it's not fair to sort of, you know, when I get sent personal messages, they wonder if we might be missing Rushworth, Rushworth's command from the area, would Rushworth have come and claimed either of those crosses? And I'm not sure he would. No, the they, weren't, they, they weren't in his zone. 
Simply that. Simply put, he would not. You won't. I mean, you wouldn't take no. it for a goalkeeper anyway, would you? You won't take that there was a criticism of a goalkeeper anyway. Oh, never, never. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no, there's no doubt. Cole Rush was quality, but I have not seen anything from Jensen for us to to worry. He made a few good saves. His distribution was good. Uh, he was fine. You know, you don't get to. You can't judge a goalkeeper on one game. You, you can, you can see that consistency over 10, 15, 20 games. That's that's when you see how many mistakes are they making that. In that amount of time, that's how you judge a goalkeeper. Individual games don't really count for a great deal. Best goalkeepers at this division make the fewest mistakes. You can't gauge that after after one game. A um, couple of things to point out on those two goals before we move on, I suppose, is, you know what, I was I was more, more disappointed, quite considerably more disappointed with the second goal than I was the first. Because you concede the first one, yeah, bloody hell, you know, we've, we've conceded a a set piece early in the game. We were good at them last year, but you know, loads of time left. Let's make sure we don't concede another one from there. We know we're good at this. We know we're organised. We know it's not a trait that we're kind of, you know, associated with. And then to concede two in one game is that second one, which really does kind of end the game for us. We know it's unlikely we're going to score two goals. That's the one that I think Mark Candy probably was most disappointed about as well. The fact that we didn't kind of learn our lesson. And then um, so that's the one that really got to me. The third goal doesn't bother me at all because we were pushing forward. We got caught on the break. Happens, you know, that situation wouldn't have even arose if we weren't tunneled down in that moment. So that's just a game state goal. You know, you have to you have to chase it or at least try and impl- implement something. So to getting caught on the break with a you know, good ball in, Cordio kind of caught between a rock and a hard place. He either, he either leaves it and the centre forward taps it in or he stretches to get something on it. He puts it in his own net. That happens, you know. It's it, for me actually more than anything. It's the second goal was the key one, and that was the one that was really disappointing. But we know that that's not a particular weakness. You know, we're not a team that concedes many from set pieces. It's not a trait, a trend that's been coming over time. So for that reason, I don't see a huge amount to be too worried about. Now, if that keeps happening, of course, that becomes a real worry. But I think we've got enough in the tank and enough kind of evidence to show that you know that's that's not something we need to be worrying about just yet. Yeah, and I think. There was a spell for Bolton and you knew that they were going to have it. And I think, again, it's easy to cloud the perception of the game by remembering that spell where they were all over us. They had a couple of half chances. Evidently, there were only half chances because they didn't actually have a shot on target from any of those kind of incessant kind of barrage of corners. I think they had six corners in the second half, one with a shot. That was the goal. I think that's what's was particularly disappointing. But we expected Bolton to be good. And, and I don't think they were as good as I expected. I don't think they picked us apart at will. Um, and and you know, again, I'm not talking about other supporters' opinions, but one of the kind of common opinions seems to be that they were much more composed on the ball. They were much more better in possession or much better in possession than we were. But again, we expected that. We expected them to have more possession. We expected them to be more comfortable on the ball. Their midfield three, I think, are the same midfield three as last season. I might almost certain about that. Their front two. Are the same front two they finished last season. The right wing back is the same right wing back. They have, you know, they're, they're pretty much the same side as last season, just slightly better. Um, one interesting matchup was was Lass and Randall Williams, um, and I thought for a large part um, it was a pretty even match. I don't think Randall Williams particularly got the better of Lass time and again. Once or twice he did get the better of him in the attacking moments, but actually Lass got the better of Williams. At the same end, I thought Lass had a really good game. One or two um, sloppy passes later on, but generally a strong 90 minutes from the Great Dane. Yep, uh, particularly in the first half, I thought. Yep. I, I was really, really impressed with Lass in the first half. He he seemed to be an out ball quite a lot. He was, yeah, I think a little bit of composure in the final third. 
would would wouldn't wouldn't go amiss. I've seen a bit of criticism, and I think that might be what people are coming from. But you know, he's getting in the positions to receive that. We didn't have that last season. Regan Paul was 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 a really solid player at right wing back, but he would not have been getting in the positions that Lasswood was yesterday. He was definitely our by far our most attacking outlet on the right hand side. We we definitely miss something similar on the left hand side. Yeah, I big fan of last. I think I think that's no secret. So I'm always going to back him. But I, I thought he played really well. I thought he was a really threat. Stuff he does off the ball, not just what he does when he actually gets the ball at his feet. It's the position he takes up to receive the ball, which is which is which is also good. Just quickly on Bolton, um, because you mentioned that there was the perception, certainly with the scoreline, and certainly maybe from a lot of Bolton fans that they 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 played through us and that they battered us, and and we are kind of kind of kind of stoically disagreeing with that. There's one thing that really frustrated me, but also really impressed me about Bolton. And that was their just their game management, and that game management is sometimes just just associated with just time wasting. But it wasn't that; it was their kind of decision making and when to commit fouls, professional fouls. We know, and the Bolton clearly know that our threat is on the counter attack. The amount of times, particularly in the first half at Wanda, when we were trying to get back in the game, where we won a turnover, and then there was a drag back, or there was a trip, or there was there was a block, so that we had to have a free kick and set up and we lost that opportunity to counter-attack. Like, you can't underestimate how how important that is. And it's not just one player doing it, it's the whole the whole squad, the whole team understanding the situations and knowing when to do it and when not to. And that, that'll win your games. You know, there will be matches this season where Bolton steamroll teams, they will just play through certain teams. There are there are a lot of teams that are worse defensively than we are that, that could get carved open. But actually, you can't do that every game. There'll be some games where they're at seven out of ten, six out of ten, five out of ten, and they'll still win those games because they can see them through with those kind of dark arts. But it's not dark arts; it's professionalism. So that comes from the manager. Um, so more than anything on the ball that Bolton did, that actually really impressed me from them. It was just really intelligent play, and it really stifled our biggest threat, which is our counter-attacking. Yeah, agreed. Um, agreed, definitely. Moving on to. Ethan Hamilton now, because the court said at the top of the show, you know, Ethan Hamilton dropping into the midfield, I thought was a real surprise. Um, you know, it was the big call in terms of team selection that wasn't forced. I think every other every other decision you can go, it's because Hackett was not fit or it's because Jaden Brown is injured, etc. But bringing in Ethan Hamilton for this game was the one that was not enforced because Ali Smith, to my knowledge, wasn't carrying an injury. Um, I think it's uh, it's an indication of how we're going to set up against stronger teams going forward. I think we talked about it when he when he first signed that we can go with those kind of almost like double sixes and play really quite deep, and they're going to protect the back four a little bit more. Um, but I thought he had a really good debut. I thought um, he looked like he's good on the ball. He looked like he's got good composure. He's a big lad. He looks quite strong, putting a tackle in as and where. And and with him, him and Arahan going forward kind of if they are playing side by side against some of these bigger teams you know, again we limited and i don't want to labor on this we lost three nil but we limited bolton to four shots on target so yes we conceded the three goals but actually we didn't concede chance after chance after chance i thought we were significantly better against bolton this time when we were when we drew with them um, at Sinsel Bank, when Afalayan did the the elbow, you know we conceded far fewer chances in that moment, and I think a lot of that is down to Hamilton and, and, and getting control of that midfield because we talked about them playing through as they weren't able to play through us, and again I think a lot of that is almost like 
having those two there, it's almost like having a first line of defence before the defence. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like having a it's like having a bulletproof vest on before hoping that your your um, drinks bottle saves the bullet. Do you know what I mean? There's something to stop it before the bullet before it gets to the drinks bottle. Uh, and so I think Ethan Hamilton is looking like a really shrewd purchase. It's the first chance we had to see him in a city shirt. Yeah, I was equally impressed with Ethan. I, I think he got married in the match, didn't he? For I don't know. I, 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 t- so. I didn't listen on the way home. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure, but he certainly deserved it. Um, you know what? When we signed him and Ali Smith, obviously signed him, we've had to let Ali Smith as part of the squad for a much longer period of time. And we discussed on uh, on the pod last week about how it gives us the option at some point in the season to go 3-5-2. And I, in my head, I kind of thought, oh, OK, that means we're going to have Irohan sitting deeper if we do play that shape, which, of course, we didn't on, on Saturday. But I promise you there's a point here. Um, and I kind of saw Smith and Hamilton as maybe those kind of two eights and box-to-box players, kind of all action. And in my head, they were kind of similar players. But I think what we saw certainly on Saturday was... Ethan Hamilton is probably that little bit more defensively minded than Ali Smith. I think Ali Smith is slightly more forward thinking. Um, and yeah, really combative, composed on the ball. It was an all action performance from him, really. I think him and Irohan complement each other really well in terms of their, their profiles as well. So yeah, very impressive. There's, 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 there are some positives out of this game, despite the result. There are, there are some positives here. TJ. I'm I'm going to call TJ as a positive. Do you know what? Last season we said there isn't a player that we wanted to do well as much as Lass Sorensen. Do you know what I mean? There was nobody... Lass has now settled in and done well. This season I so desperately want TJ to do well because he's such a nice guy. He's so kind of down to earth. He's a great person to chat to. I think he's, he's had a good season for us in the past. He's had two kind of tough seasons, I think. To see him starting, and I thought coping admirably. I don't think he, he he put a foot wrong. There was maybe one pass he might have dwelt on the ball once a little bit too much, but again, generally against a, you know, such a, a good attacking array of attacking players like Bolton, I think it was just nice to see TJ settling in. And dare I say, he had a better game at right centre half um, than perhaps the the other two in 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 the middle of the park and at the at, uh, at left centre half. I thought Powdy looked. Comfortable, but a little bit at times not being a left footer. Well, it just limits of... you, doesn't it? Playing yeah, left centre half, does. not being left footed, it just limits you in, in terms of those passing angles. We mentioned that actually a couple of times in the first half, didn't we? That you know the angle wasn't there, so Sean Rowan had to be deeper to receive it, which forced that, which forced Mandrew wider on that side, and it then just spread it. It just wasn't as fluid. So yeah, on that side, I, I think that's there's no criticism of Paulie. He was kind of filling in, doing a job there because he he had to, and defensively he was he was as solid as he often is. And I thought Jacko did all right. I did well. He was, you know, head it, kick it away, strong. That warrior once again. But yeah, I agree. Of the three, TJ was the one that stood out the most. He probably had that that, that more composure on the ball than the other three. What I like about TJ is he doesn't dive into tackles. He doesn't throw himself in. He he gets in a really good position and he, and he, he plays the block. And that was a um, really good example of that was in, I think it was kind of, it was first half or second half, but the ball, it was in the air. It kind of came out to, uh, his size, and a lot of d- defenders would have kind of just put their head in and tried to get a block in, and a, and a clever centre forward just takes one touch around it and gets a shot away, and he just got close enough to put them off, but held his position, and he got the block, and it went out for a corner. And that's just that's just intelligent defending. You know, you haven't got to be all action and you know, throw your head in like Adam Jackson does to everything. You can be like, a little bit more composed, and yeah, I was impressed with him in that regard. I think I think there's a lot enough positive for us to to build from here. I really do. So on to on to the next, I suppose. 
Yeah, and just finally, TJ probably had the best chance of the second half for us. I know, he must have had a nosebleed. Well, you could see him desperately wanting a runner and, and they were tracking. They did. They just parted and tracked all the runners and he got to a point where he's like, well, I've got to shoot, and I. And, um, <laughs> he might have bad effort on his left peg either. No, I was going to say he might have preferred it on his other foot, but it, it wasn't uh, a bad effort. And who knows that goes in? I think that was at one. The uh, that was at two nil, wasn't it? If he'd put that in at two one, because they literally went up, I think, and scored the own goal like seconds after that. So, so that's Bolton Wanderers. We've lost three nil. We've done twenty seven minutes. This is a Sunday special podcast, so it's not going to not meant to be quite as long as the normal podcast. Um, and we're not doing too badly at the moment, but we do have a bit of news because literally, as we finished recording on Thursday, I, I closed down the window uh, for the recording. I picked up my phone and there was uh, a message from the media team. Alicia Rahui will join Air United on loan for the full season. And uh, you know, the, 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 the window was still sucking into the middle. You know how when it closes, it kind of sucks into the middle. And, oh, oh, for God's sake. Because we just talked just about how he could be a potential backup option at left wing back. Wouldn't that have been nice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it have been nice? Yeah, it would. It would indeed. So Elitra Huey's gone to A United. A United play in the championship, I believe. It came second last season. Yes, they did. So they're they're knocking on the door of the Scottish Premier League. I think that's one. First of all, it's quite a big statement of trust in the player to go to a decent level. For me, that's comparable with League Two. Um, and whether that's a little bit over ambitious or not, I don't no, know. No, I, I think that's I think that's accurate. I think it's yeah. comparable with League Two. You would expect him to play. We did check yesterday, and I think he'd gone into the squad, but not into the um, into the team. But yeah, what do you what do you make of the uh, Huey move? Uh, I think it's good for Alicia. I think it's good for the long term of the club. Similar to Freddie Draper, both impressed at Drogheda, gone out, going to get guaranteed game time. Um, of the two right wing backs, I think most of us expected us to keep a hurry and, and maybe learn out Jay Ben. He maybe felt like it was the one that needed the more game time. But it appears that Jay Ben's going to stay in and around the squad as our backup right wing back. Um, so ultimately, Elisha's going to go there to, to play. He's going to get loads of games in this season and hopefully come back this time next year with another year, a full season and a professional setup as senior football at a really good level. Yeah, like you say, kind of top end national league, kind of league two quality sort of level. And he's going to come back here, hopefully, every inch of first team player. So for the players' development, great move. And I think it's interesting that we haven't sent him to an English side just because the level, it could be really judged, can't it? When you go to Scotland or you go to Ireland, like knowing the exact level that he's going to, how much of a step up is it? Where does it compare to this level? Oh, I reckon he should be in national league rather than league two or vice versa. You can't have that discussion when he goes to the Scottish Championship or like Sam Long has to the Scottish League One. It's it's dip, you can't it's not a straight line, is it? It's not a direct comparison. No. But ultimately it's a professional setup of a team that's going to be battling towards the top end of the division and he's going to get first team minutes there. So it's good for him. I'd have quite liked it to be delayed by a week so he could have maybe filled in at left wing back. We could have played Sean Rowan left centre half on Saturday, and you never know what happens there. But um yeah, in terms of would, would you have been happy at a Huey going up against Akris Cogley? I think, yeah, I would actually. I think it would have been a big statement. It would have been a big risk. I think in terms of the solidity it gives with the left side of centre half, I would have probably. If that's if we didn't have any context and we just saw the lineup as that what it is, I'd have. Yeah, I'd have been well. That's a big statement, but I think he's. I think he's. I think he would be capable of it. 
you know, ifs, buts, maybes, isn't it? But in terms of Alicia's development, good move for him. He's going to play regularly. In terms of the long-term health of Lincoln City, good move. Um, yeah, it was just probably surprising of the two between him and Ben. Two things about Huey. First of all, he came on at half-time yesterday for Air as they were beaten 3-1 in the Scottish Championship. Um, so he came on, I think, for their regular right-back. Uh, so whether their, their regular guy had, had a bit of a mare certainly bodes well. Sam Long kept, kept his first clean sheet of the season. He's already played five times for um, Falkirk in the Scottish League Cup. Uh, he kept yeah, his good. first clean sheet of the season. So again, you would expect Falkirk to be at the top end of the, the Scottish Division 1. You would expect Air to be at the top end of the Scottish Championship. Uh, and hopefully the two boys can come back and and stake a claim for um, for a place in our first team. Let's have a word from our sponsors before we move on, shall we? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Brilliant. There you go. No gambling ads, no ads for the Sun newspaper. That was the deal. So whatever you've just heard an advert for, as long as it's not the Sun newspaper or gambling, we're all good with it. Um, So uh, Sunday special, one big reason that we wanted to start doing the Sunday special so we could properly preview the games that were coming up on a Tuesday. And this Tuesday we go back to some old friends, Notts County. Um, We have had a chat with the Notts County van, say we Charlie, Mr. Beeston has. He's spoken from Tom. Oh, I've spoken to Tom from Notts County Talk. And here's what they had to say. So kind of looking ahead to looking ahead to Tuesday. I, obviously, I know you said that there's a lot of kind of pressure being put on you. And maybe the fact that it's a home game that could get intensified. Do you do you really worry about that? Um Lou Williams had a year in charge mm. and we went out in the cup in the first round of the FA Cup and we went out in the first round of the FA Trophy, a competition I'm glad yeah. we're not in anymore. Um, <laughs> interesting competition. We lost that to Colville who were like three leagues below. Yeah, yeah. I don't think, and it's the best thing that happened to us because we were competing with Wrexham who had a very strong team. Um, we luckily didn't have massive amount of injuries but didn't have the, the, the biggest squad. So I don't know how we'll take it, but I think it will be taken a lot more seriously, uh, yeah. especially because of what's just happened. And I think there'll be a reaction. Um, I, not necessarily. I'm not saying we're going to go out and, and thump you, but we're, we're not. We're, there's the players. I don't think would dare put in the performance that happened on on well yesterday. 
if anything, yesterday was the worst thing that could have happened for us, you know, going yeah. into Tuesday. Um, yeah. Because you are going to need to show something. And the fact that it's at home, uh, I mean, we, we've been saying it for a couple of weeks. Not, we, we, didn't, we haven't written off the game because we still feel that we've got quality in depth in our squad, that even if we rotated some of the players, we're still going to be able to give you a really good game. But your first game back at home, obviously it's not in the league, but back in, you know, mm. since you've come back up into the Football League, there's going to be a really good atmosphere. You're going to be really hungry for it. Um, and you're going to be a very, very tough team to play against. You could you could be at home to a championship side in that it, tomorrow, uh, not tomorrow, Tuesday. And people are, and you know, they're still going to get scared because you're going to want it. You're going to really be, uh, have the appetite to go through, get a bit of a cup run going. Um, because that's it by, by uh, October, November, January times, um, when you're in the FA Cup, you're going to be also wanting to focus on the league. This is your chance to, to really push through into the cup, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, I worry about. What I worry about, and it echoes what Notts fans have said, leaving the game yesterday because I was there and on social media, mm. I, I do worry about us defensively because right. last year, I've already said, the, the quality wasn't there. We gave, yeah. I think, Altrincham at, at Meadow Lane, came, came to Meadow Lane and they had a one-on-one, -on -one, they hit the bar and they had another chance straight at the keeper and then we went on to win like 3-0, 2-0. Right. Whereas Sutton yesterday had like seven or eight chances put five away and hit the post on another one. Mm. We played Stoke in pre-season and defensively, they, they were they scored four by half-time. I had just come off a phone call um, to George who couldn't make the game because he got called into work yesterday and he was saying, what was it like defensively? And I said to him, you know, if we come up in the cup, we get through and we come up against a big championship side at the top of the table. Mm. I said, I could see us conceding a lot of goals because there's, there's calls for us that we need two more centre-backs at least. We yeah. just look very, very vulnerable. And I don't know what your start forward line's like. If you've got a big player in there, that's the blueprint from yesterday. Where well, do you get bullied? We've, we've got, I mean, if Ben Howe starts, which I believe he will, because I'm not too sure what Tyler Walker's fitness levels are going to be like, considering he did 45 yesterday. If we've got Ben Howe starting, he's a player who is unbelievably physical. He's not necessarily the tallest player on the pitch. Yeah. But my God, does he put his body about? And he will, and he will press you, and he will. He wants your defenders to have the ball, so that he can press them. And that's where we struggle. That's where we struggled yeah. yesterday. The, the the red card that we got came from being mm -hmm. pressed, back pass. I think it held up a little bit because of how much it'd been raining. And next thing you know, we're down to ten men, and the game's gone. Mm. So, so yeah. you sort of mentioned there about the ten men. Um, obviously, the suspension does carry over into the cup because that was something I wasn't 100% sure of myself, so I had to double-check. Yeah. Um, but obviously, it does carry over. So um, so for those that haven't seen, it was Aidan Stowe, the goalkeeper, who uh, got red-carded. I mean, first of all, should it have been? Uh, Twitter's very 50-50. I um, said on our video yesterday, first, first look, mm -hmm. no, because there was mm -hmm. men covering. Yeah. The more I look at it, I... I think he, I think he might even touch it with his hand outside the box. Which, if he does, straight red. The goal, the the, the rest, pretty much on top of it. Yeah, I can't see from where I am. I think he might have got a hand to it, which means obviously it's a red. So probably yeah, in the end. You see, I'm going to be. I'm not 100 percent sure on the handball thing. I didn't think he'd necessarily touched it with his hand, but in terms of 
purely the the foul, if you like, if you take away the handball part of it, I thought it was a very harsh red card. Purely because it yeah. was, was it Richard Brindley that was covering. And there it was, there was definitely cover. Quite easily have gotten. So yeah. I, I thought it was a very harsh red card. But nonetheless, it is a red card. Um, so are we are we accept, expecting Sam Slocum to be starting? Almost 100%, yeah. 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 Um, so Sam Slocum also being former Lincoln uh, never made a league appearance for us but played a couple of games in the Carabao Cup and a few in the Papa John's Trophy back in I think it was 2019 uh, the first half of that season he was on loan from Bristol Rovers to us um, he's been an alright keeper for you hasn't he? It's not exactly too much of a step down or? No he's a very good pro he's a very mm. good pro never moans about anything I mean a couple of seasons ago Andre and Birchney was Ian Birchner didn't quite fancy him. He was out for when a loan keeper came in. Then the loan Patterson at Sunderland uh, came back for one game and then got recalled. And then Slocum just came back, slotted back in. Solid keeper. Um, mm-hmm. Got a lot better with his feet. Shot stopping ability. So it's, it's decent. But yeah, he'll be all right. He'll be, he'll be okay. Brilliant. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Charlie. Now, um, obviously not a good result for them at all at the weekend. Lost 5-1 to Sutton United. Had a man sent off, I think, after about 18 minutes. Their goalkeeper. Was it their goalkeeper? So, yeah, certainly didn't help at all. Um, Will it be suspended? Will the suspension carry over into the League Cup? That's a great question. We should probably know the answer to that, shouldn't we? Yeah. Don't know. Uh, I'll Google that in a moment. Um, yeah, because we don't mind googling things here on the Stacey West podcast while we're uh, while we're doing it. So, how what do you make of uh, what do you make of the Notts County fixture? Oh, it's really interesting because you know their their first game back in League Two certainly did not go to plan. With a goal down, losing your keeper after fifteen minutes and losing five one is definitely not the dream return that all of the Notts County supporters are going to have had. So, it can kind of go one or two ways, can't it? That's either going to really knock you. And it's going to be difficult to recover from. And, you know, it's a good opportunity for us to get a good performance. Or there's going to be the, what some would say, inevitable reaction. Uh, you know, it can't be that bad. We need to improve. You know, they set up really interesting. They play very similar football to a lot of elite sides, but at a much lower level, you know, in terms of how they did play the ball through the back. They will play from deep. They have a lot of the ball in deep areas. We know traditionally against teams like that, we're good. We're good at setting traps. We're good at pressing, uh, and we're good at you know nicking it back in those areas and, and, and using those counter opportunities. So even though they're a league below, even though they had a very disappointing result on Saturday, I I actually can see them dominating the ball just because that's how they play. They have a lot of possession, but I can actually see us having the opportunities to pick them off now and then. I said this time last week when we were discussing this that. It was a great away day financially for the club because you get half the gate receipts near enough. It's going to be a good atmosphere. It's going to be a party atmosphere. It's their first home fixture since we're coming back in the league. And I think that all stands. Um, but I also feel that at the time I thought we'd probably lose or we could we could lose. We'd rotate our squad quite a bit. Notts County would come out all guns blazing and it would be a competitive game and that we might get on the wrong side of it. And I didn't care. Now... I do care because I feel like it's important for us to have a good performance, not necessarily a positive result, but definitely a positive performance. And from the kind of, not just the result at the weekend, but the the, the uh, news around it in terms of injuries, we clearly haven't quite got the depth to rotate as much as maybe I felt like we did. 
So interesting. It'd be, the, the team selection will be very interesting to see. Um, it's, it's so hard to predict, isn't it? It's so hard to predict. I don't know what to say, really, to be honest with you. You can probably tell. Yeah, well, cup, I think cup games are difficult to predict. They started off 3-4-3, three, three, actually. So they started in very, very similar vein to, to us on Saturday. And that's with Macaulay Langstaff. Everybody knows about Macaulay Langstaff from what he did last season. It's a big step up from National League to doing it in League Two. And quite often, you know, although you can you can talk about the Jamie Vardys that have done it, you can talk about plenty of players who have not done it. So be interested to see how he steps up. Then you've got McGoldrick plays just behind. So it's it's quite it's a tighter three four three. It's almost like a kind of a, a, it's a box a, midfield. Yeah, it is. So it's probably more like a three, well, three, three four two one. one, isn't it? Or yeah, three four two one. I, I like three. I like three stages. When you start putting three, well, two, six, eight, nine, or whatever like but that. But those two behind the strikers are very much between the lines that you draw when you do your four four two traditional <sighs> system. So I suppose it is right. Playing between the lines. Um, central midfield will be interesting. Obviously, John Bostock, somebody who uh, has kind of been around a little bit, but. I still think pound for pound, it's, it's the sort of game where we should certainly be going and expecting to get a victory. For all of the talk about Notts County and their 90-odd, 100-odd points or whatever last season, you know, he's still a team that are in League Two. It's still a team that last season were playing regularly against the likes of Bromley and Boreham Wood and beating them's one thing, but doing something against Lincoln City is very different. The key matchup for me, if they go as expected, go strong, and if we go as strong as... We, we possibly will. Jody Jones and Lass Sorensen. Jody Jones down there attacking left. To our defensive right, I think that'll be interesting. I think there could be some joy from Lass there. I think Alistair Smith is almost certain to get a run out. It would surprise me if we don't put uh, if we don't have Hamilton. Yeah, I think he's the he's the big one, isn't he? I think he's the the big inclusion or, or swap compared to the expected yeah. rotation that we discussed last week, you know, I don't think there's going to be as much rotation because we probably can't. But yeah, Jordan Wright, yeah, probably good point. Possibly, but then we'll that... maybe, but I don't know. You, you, last last can play every game, ninety minutes of every match, and he's you know doesn't break sweat. So I don't know if it's a problem with him playing two games in a week. He's a bit of a fiddle, isn't he? So yeah, interesting. I but I don't think that he'll play Jay Ben. If I'm honest. Um... It'll be interesting on the left because they've got Nemain, haven't they? The uh, the guy that was at Man City and Go Ahead Eagles. Is it go Ahead? Possibly. Anyway, he's he's been about quite a bit. He's a decent player. So it'll be interesting him on Sean Rowan. Um, that'll be really, that'll be quite, quite interesting. And the two centre-halves there, look, we, we don't have that many options. It's not like we can go, well, we're going to draft in this centre-half who hasn't played or that centre-half, unless there's a signing before then, which, you know, if we've said that there isn't and we're going to struggle for, for cover, it's likely that we'll sign somebody because that's what happens on the Stacey West podcast. I think it'll be close. I don't think we're going to go and put five past them like we did against Bradford or three like we did against Doncaster last season. But I think I said this, I think, on the podcast on Thursday night that we had the potential to be a week into the season. And this is a bananas game. This is arguably one of the toughest games you could have drawn out of League Two because they're on they're on a roll and that momentum that they've got from the National League it will carry through. They might have the five one actually is probably the best thing that could have happened. And I know that sounds silly. But, you know, if they'd won and people have gone, well, they're going to be focusing on the league or that sort of stuff, but they've got to bounce back as well. Now I do wonder if with them bouncing back. They're used to attacking. They're probably not used to having to contain. They're probably not used to having to 
um, kind of make and make you know switch things about for an arguably better side. And I think if they come and they attack us as they had against all of the teams last season, then that is going to leave gaps. That is going to leave opportunities. And for me, it is just the fact that we still look a little bit thin across the pitch, a little bit wafer thin in terms of squad. Damien, Damien, Damien. Dylan Duffy, I think likely to play a, a part as well, especially if Rico Hackett is still carrying the injury. We're not going to want to then put Walker in for another 45. Walker will play a part, but do you know what I mean? I, I think this is, I think it's a, a Duffy and Sorensen for me, the key key players for Lincoln on Tuesday night. Interesting. Yeah. Like, like I'm actually more confident about this game now than I was when we discussed it last week. Not bad, just, is it, after losing 3 After losing 3 0. <laughs> that's strange, isn't it? But I, obviously, they lost 5 1, which, which kind of helped a little bit. But yeah, I think we'll be stronger than we maybe anticipated that we would. I agree. And yeah, and, and the point you made about their, their style is a really good one. I hadn't really thought of it yet. They're, they've spent the last, well, ever since they've been in the National League, been a massive fish in a tiny pond, haven't they? And being on the front foot and having to break team, down teams. And I think they're probably going into League Two without really feeling they need to change away from that too much. So this is going to be a very different test for them that they haven't really had to experience over the last three or four years, really. So, yeah, that that kind of fills me with hope. I'm good that I can't go. I really wanted to go to this one. I'm on the road all day and I'm not going to be able to get get to Nottingham in time, sadly. Um, And there's no way watching an eye follow either, is there? No. That's a shame. Even if you're in Trinidad or um, (laughs) British Guinea or Mauritius or anything like that. So, well, look, I think that for a Sunday special, for people, for the 900-odd, by the way, that listen to us from Thursday, which is a, Ooh, a thank you, everybody. huge a huge number. There was more than a 1,000 listened to one of our um, shows over the summer as well. So really, really good numbers. Thank you very much indeed. Um, but they only want to hear you and I for so long. And we've been recording now for two and a half hours in different guises as well. So... I might go and see uh, my wife. I hear she's a nice person, so it'd be nice to get to know her a little bit. <laughs> In the time we've been recording, my partner has um, left me. Hopefully not forever. <laughs> um, but she's 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 a teacher, my other half, and she's her mum lives in Norfolk. She's gone back to see her mum for a bit. Um, so I came home, started recording, and then yeah, halfway through the the, the EFL podcast was recording, she's bugging off. All right, see you then. So nice. <laughs> yeah, probably so the takeaway then. Half hours. Oh, definitely not pub. I had a takeaway last night, actually. No, so no to both. Probably feet no up. No takeaway. Feet up and find some some rubbish TV to watch. Well, I'm going to walk the dog now with Fee. I'm not going to record a dog walk. Um, later in the week, it will be Ben and Charlie, I believe, are going to be with you on Thursday, picking over the Notts County game uh, and looking ahead to Wickham Wanderers at home. In the meantime, please don't get too despondent uh, about Lincoln City losing 3-0. It's never nice to lose 3-0. Don't let it ruin your weekend. There's 45 more opportunities for your weekend to be ruined much, much more um, as we get closer to the end of the season. This is only a minor ruination. Let's hope it's one of a few. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been Gary. You've been great. He's been Chris. Up the imps. Up the imps. the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow you've got your McNugget share boxes on the go your mates already got booked for double dipping but then you steal the last nugget snatching all three points 
perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I'm Tyler Walker and you're listening to the Stacey West podcast. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.